a pair of star-crossed lovers. Love is a smoke made with the fume of sighs. Away from light steals home my heavy sun. For my mind misgives some consequence yet hanging in the stars. My only love sprung from my only hate. These violent delights have violent ends. The plague of both houses have spread! Romeo is banished. Oh, true apothecary. Thy drugs are quick. Thy lips are warm. For never was a story of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. Welcome to the Smart Pass Guide to Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. I am the Passmaster, and it's my job to guide you through this play, to help you understand its language, plot and themes, to really get under the skin of the characters. For the main part of this guide, we present Romeo and Juliet in its full glory. The complete text, performed as it could have been in 1595. But as the curtain opens on our production, I will be there with you, acting as your guide, commenting upon and analysing the language, relationships and themes. So, my part of the bargain is to explain all you need to know about this great play. Yours is to act smart. You need to work out how you study best, then do it. We all study differently and have different attention spans, the time we can listen and concentrate for, so know what's best for you. If you need to hear an explanation or a scene again, simply stop and go back until you know exactly what's going on and why. Remember, Shakespeare wrote everything for a reason, to progress the plot, to develop a character, to conjure an image, to express a feeling, to create a sense of atmosphere, and so on. Don't study for too long. Take a break when you need to, then come back to the guide refreshed. But before you leave the guide, take a few seconds to make notes about what you've just heard. Bullet points, a simple list of headings, or a mind map will do. That's a diagram, a bit like a family tree, where you show how people and events are related. Say, for example, you put into the centre the killing of Tybalt. Well, what effect does that have on the play? You see what I mean? I suggest that you make a mind map or write a list at the end of each scene to consolidate in your mind all that has just happened. Note-taking is a very useful skill to develop. Now, I want to take you back in time, as there are some things you should know before the play we know as Romeo and Juliet begins. Here we are inside the theatre. It's a fine afternoon in 1595, a time when all performances were given during the day as there was no theatre lighting. What a din! I can hardly hear myself think. The place is full of people drinking beer or ale, eating nuts and talking very loudly. It's nothing like the theatre as we know it. Let me just get out of this noise. And look at the actual building. The theatre is wooden, 
with a thatched roof that covers seats on the outside, leaving the stage and the standing area in the centre uncovered, open to the elements. The stage is pretty bare. No sophisticated sets here. There's a trapdoor in the floor and a room towards the back, the discovery room, where actors emerge from. Above the stage is a balcony for the musicians. Later on, this will be used for Juliet's balcony scene. In front of the stage, most of the audience stand to watch the play unfold. Those standing are called groundlings. They are the poor of London, who get no frills admission at a cheap price. Remember, in Shakespeare's day, this was the people's number one form of entertainment, and the plays weren't written generally for the few, but for the masses, to appeal to soap opera viewers, if you like. Now, a really important fact to know is that Romeo and Juliet was not an original story. Shakespeare mostly took stories that people already knew and cleverly retold them. His skill was in the retelling, in bringing the characters and stories to life. So Romeo and Juliet comes from an ancient story that was already well known as an epic poem, The Tragical History of Romeus and Juliet by Arthur Brooke. Shakespeare used this as his source for Romeo and Juliet. In fact, he follows it very faithfully in terms of plot and character relationships. So let's get on with the play then. The prologue. Enter the chorus. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventured piteous overthrows doth with their death Bury their parents' strife. So here we have it. There are two households in Verona, that's in Italy, who have an ancient feud. So it's like the Mafia. The families fight and war with each other over an old argument or misunderstanding that neither will back down on. A son and daughter from the heads of these households will fall in love, but fate will not allow them to be together. Cruel circumstances will force them to take their own lives, and those desperate acts will end the feud forever. That's it then. Eight lines from one actor and the story's been told. Let's all go home then. Forget the nuts and beer. Ah, only joking. But why has Shakespeare told us this story already? Why spoil the ending? Well, remember, I just said that the story is an ancient one, already well known to the audience, so the chorus isn't giving anything away, but is attracting attention and getting the groundlings quiet and primed to see the tragedy of two star-crossed lovers possibly the most famous words from the play. They set the tone that fate and destiny will destroy these two pure lovers and not any faults of their own. We'll come back to this point later, as this is the only play of Shakespeare's where we have characters destroyed by fate. In his later tragedies, Shakespeare writes faults and flaws into his characters that prove to be their downfall. But Romeo and Juliet are pretty straightforward teenagers who simply fall in love. The fearful passage of their death-marked love, and the continuance of their parents' rage, which but their children's end naught could remove, is now the two hours' traffic of our stage. The which, if you with patient ears attend, what here shall miss, 
our toil shall strive to mend. And with a bow, he leaves the stage. So we have the plot in a nutshell. So let's look at the lines themselves. The chorus reads 14 lines in the form of a Shakespearean sonnet with a rhyme scheme that goes A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D, E, F, E, F, G, G. This English sonnet form had more or less been pioneered by Shakespeare, by the way. 